This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 164 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Equestrian Collections. For the whole universe of equestrian shopping at a price you can afford at equestriancollections.com. And Fleeceworks, for the finest fleece saddle pads available at prices you won't believe at fleeceworks.com. This is Reese Koffler-Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky. And this is Philip Parks from Fergus, Ontario. And you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. Hey, Philip, how are you this week? Good, Reese. How are you doing? I am doing great. And actually, we're going to kind of spill our secret. We're, yeah, we're we recording... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we got to mention this. Uh, we're recording the show a little bit early uh, because I will be at uh, the horse park all next week at the Young Rider Championships. So we're uh, a little bit early uh, in a recording, but I'm really excited to be here tonight. That's good, Reese. I mean, I bet you're looking forward to going to the Young Riders and, and coaching, you know, being a little bit on the, the other side of, of things at that competition. So we've got a lot of great guests today um, to do with young riders and actually junior riding. Um, but maybe you can tell us a little bit about what your experience was like um, when you rode young riders so many years ago. Oh, easy on so many, <laughs> Philip. Easy now. But uh, yeah, it was it was a few years ago. Uh, I had the pleasure of going in 1996 and 1997. Uh, and then I took a couple years, actually, I was in Germany, uh, and then I went again in 2000 and 2001, and I rode for Region 2, so I'm a big fan. Uh, and actually, this is my first year coaching um, a dressage young rider. I have I've had the pleasure of coaching uh, an eventing young rider, but this is my first dressage young rider, and looking forward to it. It's fun to kind of be on the coaching side now uh, versus the riding yeah, side. Reese, maybe you could tell us how how Young Riders and that whole program helped you transition into becoming a dressage professional and whether that really boosted your ambitions or, or you know, how did it help you? Oh, that's a, that's a great question. It really, it really did kind of spur me on to, to doing my job now. I started, uh, you know, there was a big difference from when I went when I was 16. I went when I was 16 and 17. Um, and, and there was a huge difference. I, I had a schooled horse at that time, uh, and he was wonderful, and it was, it was a really great experience. Uh, but I remember kind of going to the event as a 16-year-old and uh, seeing all these 21-year-olds and thinking, oh, my gosh, how am I ever going to ride that, that well? Uh, so for sure, being starstruck to um, – I bought I, – I, I took uh, – his name was Lirar. I took him in 96 and 97, and – and actually, in 97, I think he qualified in the top three. I can't remember exactly how he did, but uh, he got stung by a bee in the warm-up. Uh, that was my one sort of heartbreak at Young Riders, uh, is he really had a shot that year uh, to do very well. And he was going great. And he, I am not kidding, 10 minutes before my ride, got stung by a bee. A uh, very hot horse, and uh, I wasn't really able to get him back. So that was very disappointing that year for me. 
Um, and so it kind of spurred me on to say I was going to go back again. Um, and then I trained the horse. Uh, his name was Yuri. And I bought him as a first-level horse uh, pretty quickly. I think I was 18 when I bought him. And, and I was able actually to push him in a couple years to do the pre-St. George and Intermediate one. And so I pushed him and did Young Riders again in 2000 and 2001, um, where uh, we did get some team medals, and he finished in the top six, uh, which was fun. And uh, that was really the year that I really got the international bug to train and, and show internationally. And that spurred me. It was the time with, with him. The next year, I went and did the Pan Am selection trials. Uh, again, I just made, uh, just missed uh, the finals at Gladstone. I think he finished 14th. He was the second alternate. Um, so, but but having the experience of young riders really has helped me through my whole career and uh, dealing with vets and farriers and and we will hear from Lloyd Landkammer uh, later about uh, the young riders is learning about the uh, kind of the whole uh, system and how it works. And so that that'll be that'll be fun, and, and that you learn how to do things at Young Riders that way. So I had, I had a great time, and, and definitely something to work on. Well, that's great, Reese, and I wish your rider good luck, and actually all the riders good luck. Well, especially the ones from Canada, of course, right? But uh, I think it'll be a great week. Well, thanks, Philip. I'm looking forward to it. And uh, we're going to break for a quick uh, commercial from Equestrian Collections, and then we'll be back with Betsy LaBelle from the U.S. Pony Club. She's the dressage committee chairperson. Hi, Glenn the Geek here with Debbie from Equestrian Collections with this week's Product of the Week. What do we have, Debbie? Hi, Glenn. This week I'm going to talk about the Ariat Ladies Volant Zip Paddock Boots. I want to tell you, I know up front that you're going to say, these are expensive paddock boots, and you're right. But let me tell you, they are worth it. I had the opportunity to get a pair recently, and I thought, I can't imagine any paddock boot being worth $200. But I put my foot in that thing, and it's amazing. It is so comfortable. You can ride in it all day, of course. You can ride in any paddock boot, but this thing is you can walk in it. If you're a trainer... If you're spending much time on your feet, this thing is well worth the price. And it's very cool, too. It has um, the, the one in the picture we have on our site has blue, but it also comes in red trim. It's a very cool new Ariat thing. It come in tall boots as well. Honestly, I haven't worn the tall boots, but the paddock boots, I can give it a thumbs up, two thumbs up on the Ariat Volant Zip Paddocks. And you can find those at equestriancollections.com. Just search for Volant, V-O-L-A-N-T, on Equestrian Collections, and you'll find them right there. The Ariat Ladies Volant Zip Paddock. Well, I'm very pleased to have Betsy LaBelle, the U.S. Pony Club Dressage Committee chairperson here on the show tonight to tell us a little bit about what's going on in the Pony Club dressage area. Welcome, Betsy. Yay. Thank you so much for having me. Well, we are all looking forward to hearing what is going on with Pony Club right now. Oh, Pony Club has so many wonderful opportunities and things uh, happening. We have three new Pony Club manuals coming out. We have the D manual, which is out now. 
And then the C manual will be coming out here soon. And we're working on the B, HA, and A manual, which will be coming out, I think, next, hmm, I think this winter. So we've got that going on. And then we have all new dressage standards. We have uh, the the kids can, uh, from starting at age four, um, can go all the way up through dressage. Um, or pony club with, in dressage without having to jump at all, which is a new thing that just started a couple of years ago. So we're really, really excited for that. We've just updated all those standards. So it's, how do you say, more in parallel with USDF and with USEF so that the kids um, go uh, do the dressage tests as they go up the ladder. And um, and then that they have to know the training scale or the training pyramid and um, different terminology as they go up so that it's much more educational and helpful to, you know, loads and loads of kids in America. So that's just some of the things going on. That's wonderful. So you said it runs in parallel. So are you using the same tests as they have in the USDF? And um, are there Pony Club-specific shows running the same tests, or how is that working for, you know, pony club competition? Yeah, we have um, rallies. So each uh, section of America has, um, like, clubs and regions, and then each kind of region has its own rally, and then the kids um, try to qualify for championships. And there's many disciplines. But in the dressage discipline, they have to do a training-level freestyle or a first-level freestyle or a second-level freestyle or a third-level freestyle. But we don't go any higher than third-level. So, so Betsy, how do – how? so if, if I – you know, I, I don't have children, but if I did have a, a child and I wanted to get involved with Pony Club, uh, what's a good way to start? The best way is to go to ponyclub.org. And on their website, they have Find a Center. It's under the About Us tab. It's like Find a Center or Find a Club. And then you can go ahead and put in your area, your state, your zip code. And then it'll show you all the clubs that are in your area. And then you can call the DC or the the person who's in charge of the club and find out more information. But you can also find out more information just from the website. You can call the Pony Club office in Lexington, Kentucky, and ask them as well. That's great. So you can find the specific Pony Club uh, coaches, and are you using USDF judges and, you know, for the rallies? And, I mean, I'm really excited about, you know, riders not necessarily having to jump because that might... uh, bring more dressage riders, you know, younger dressage riders into the ring, which is a huge challenge. Yeah, for the ratings, for the national examiners, we have lots of dressage judges. The, the, when you rate up as a dressage rider, um, they really specifically put national examiners who are um, dressage riders or dressage judges uh, to be the national examiners for those dressage kids. And we have absolutely wonderful dressage judges. We have large R judges and small R judges and lots of USDF L graduates who are a part of all of that to rate the kids up. It's super positive. Um, my next question is uh, kind of maybe a little bit of a long one and, and maybe a bit complicated, but I mean, 
I, I'm always trying to get juniors, more juniors riding dressage. I mean, how does Pony Club make dressage fun? Um, Pony Club, well, we have a, a kind of a curriculum. And um, let's see, how do we make it fun? We make it fun because they really go for teams. They compete on a team and they, uh, you know, their relationships become so strong during the rallies and during the championships. Um, so that is something that is really positive um, and, and especially helps later when there's like Nations Cups or, you know, some sort of international, um, you know, team-oriented thing. If, if the person has been on the Pony Club, then they've already been on a team aspect once before. So I think that that is what Pony Club really brings to the table. And Betsy, you mentioned quickly about freestyles. Can you talk a little bit a bit more about that? Because that's a, been a really fun thing for the riders in my area. So talk a little bit more about uh, the freestyle and the components that are needed. Yeah, the freestyle has to be done in order to go to championships. But every rally has a uh, freestyle. And um, since USDF starts at first level and up, or, or USDF and USDF, uh, we actually have our own um, training level freestyle. So it's called the USPC training level freestyle that we put together. And it's a little bit more artistic than um, technical because the kids at such a young age can barely steer. So we want to be sure that the artistic is a little bit um, uh, weighted a little bit uh, more uh, to give the kids a chance to learn and to practice their music and, you know, try out different things. And I know, Reese, you have helped us out immensely at the annual meetings and at the Pony Club Festival in really helping the kids understand how to put together a freestyle because it's just so complicated. So we thank you for that. It is really oh, hard. Yeah. Um, is the rules the same? I mean, are they using music that has lyrics in it? Or, you know, because I, I mean, I put together a couple of freestyles and it's such a hard thing to do. Is it, are, are you using the same standards for Pony Club? Yeah. Uh, well, I would definitely say that um, there's probably more words. It's definitely classical is out for the Pony Club yeah. kids. Well, I would definitely say that they um, they they go for a little wilder things than uh, we probably would, but it is just so much fun to watch them and to watch their enthusiasm, and it's quite comic. Some some of them. Hmm. I hope I hope that answers your question. <laughs> No, that's great. So, Betsy, uh, we we were talking a little bit off there about uh, dressage for kids, and that Pony Club sent some teams to dressage for kids. So, can you talk a little bit about that? And also, what is dressage for kids as an organization? Yeah, dressage for kids is London Gray puts off uh, two competitions every year, and uh, one is in Saugerties, and then one is in Michigan. And what she does is is amazing. They have a written test, and then they have their riding test, and it's all on teams as well. Um, the enthusiasm is just amazing, and what Pony Club brings to that is we put together teams uh, and send them to her. So um, she, 
this year we had uh, seven kids went to the one in Sovereignties, which was this past weekend. Uh, so we had two teams. And then we had one team go to Michigan, which actually was um, today. They um, uh, just completed it today. So um, the Pony Club, how do you say, Linden has done a fantastic job. And the kids just come away just beaming. And I think that the thing that she brings so much is the the written test and the education and the team-oriented. And I love Pony Club because it definitely has the horse management to it, um, and that is really important. But Lyndon kind of focuses more on the riding and awards for the stable management instead of points off. And so she, um, you know, the kids just absolutely love that. But what's so amazing is that the Pony Club kids end up winning just all of it uh, because they have such a strong foundation in their stable management. So it is quite phenomenal how many teams that were from Pony Club actually went. So Delmarva put together a team. um, Pennsylvania put together a team. So we sent... Um, six kids or seven kids, but there were like six other Pony Club teams that ended up going to Socrates. And then when I spoke to one of the fathers today from Michigan to find out how it went, he said, you can't believe it, but almost all the kids here in Michigan are Pony Clubbers. So it's interesting how um, parallel it's becoming um, you know, with Lendon and with Pony Club. And, of course, Lendon is on our dressage committee. She's a resource, and she's wonderful. So we definitely have bridged there. Wow, that's, uh, that's great, Betsy. It sounds like Pony Club is doing a lot of great things, and Lendon Gray, I know, is doing a lot of wonderful things for the juniors and getting more kids interested in dressage. I mean, that's where our riders come from, you know, from the Pony Club ranks and things like that. So we've really enjoyed having you on the show. Uh, Thank you for coming on to talk to us about it. Thank you so much for having me, and you guys are doing such a wonderful job. Oh, thanks. Thanks, Betsy. We're going to be back with Lloyd Landcammer after this commercial from Fleeceworks. Coach Jen here, host of the Horse Tip Daily Show, and I've been joined here by Judy McSwain from Fleeceworks, and I hear there are some fantastic things coming up in your dressage pad lineup. Tell me about it. We've made some changes to the line uh, for September. The first thing is, is we had launched the Therawool this year, and we put it out in the general pads. But by September, we'll have our Therawool in a dressage half pad, which is pretty exciting. Wow, so that's awesome. A little bit of a different price point and a little bit more washable. Uh, so I think that's pretty exciting. And the second thing that we've done is in our sheepskin half pads with the rolled edge, and without the rolled edge, we've taken our dressage size that we had and we've made them a bit bigger. And then because of the changes in the dressage saddles, I thought for a while that we were going to be able to do one pad. And just there's such diversity in the saddles now, we're going to have to do two sizes. And the new size will be in, in September. So we've got a dressage half pad with the rolled edge and without in a regular and in September, we're also going to have the dressage half pad with the rolled edge and without in a large. And that's something new for the company. But the that, saddle, That's so fantastic because there are so many different saddle models available now that you guys are really thinking ahead and you're providing quality product regardless of which type of saddle folks are using. 
Yeah, and that's what we try. I wanted to try and do. I, and it is so diverse. I just felt we just needed to go to two sizes because I don't want somebody who has a smaller saddle to have to ride and have an inch and a half sticking out in the back and on the sides, just in the interest of only having the one right. size. Now, are the Thera wool going to be available in both sizes in addition to the sheepskin? Initially, we're going to do them in the large. Mm-hmm. And then if we get enough demand, if people start to ask us to do smaller, then we'll do smaller. All right. So September, look for those Thera wool half pads to be coming to your local tax shop. And if you don't see them, tell your local tax shop they need to ch- contact Judy ASAB. She can be found at fleeceworks.com. All of her contact information is right there. And she's a really nice lady. You should call her. I would like to welcome Lloyd Landkammer. Uh, he was the discipline manager for dressage at the World Equestrian Games, and he is the uh, show manager uh, extraordinaire for the Young Riders next week. Uh, welcome, Lloyd. Thanks for coming on. Thanks so much. I'm glad to be on. So I'm we're all. Sure I, da- I'm not sure I can live up to the title of extraordinaire, but I, I, I I'll think try. You can. I think you can for sure. Uh, so, Lloyd, tell us a little bit about the challenges uh, that you face for next week with all the young riders. Well, the biggest challenge is, is for a lot of the kids, this is the first time that they've ever competed in a team event. And that operates a lot different than um, other competitions. Some of these uh, participants have never even been to a, what's called a CDI or an international event. And so they're still be getting used to the fact that since they qualify through the national system, they really never jog their horse and, or totally understand what the veterinary inspection is. They don't understand that they just can't, they or their parents just can't go to the show office and uh, bring up issues and stuff that they have to be represented by a team chef to keep. In other words, that's who is there to represent the team. The team is there only to concentrate on their riding. They're not there to concentrate on anything else. And so that's the chef's job. So uh, the biggest hurdle is uh, the education of uh, people in this event, but in a way that's very good because it gets them ready for future events if they have aspirations to go on to representing countries and stuff like that. So, Lloyd, how do you educate them? What, what are the special things that maybe you have to do in this show other, you know, rather than other shows? You know, how do you make it as easy as possible for people to transition well, into the CDI? Well, it, it's a trickle-down effect. We have, first have chefs meetings initially at the uh, competitions in which we gather all the chefs and explain to them uh, the, uh, exactly how the show runs. Um, and, uh, again, many chefs, this is their first time. So it's a first for many things. Mothers being told, no, they can't come to the show office, which is always hard for mothers to take. Uh, <laughs> two, chefs trying to uh, flounder around, um, discovering exactly what their job is and um, how to um, administer it. Luckily, there's a lot of experienced chefs that kind of take them under the wing and show them the ropes. And then, you know, then the basic intricacies, it's just not, oh, well, here's my time. The chefs have to learn that they have to plan their strategy of how they want their, uh, their team to be represented. Some years you see the strategy that the chefs, uh, a chef will bring out their strongest rider first, 
to play the psychological game of, oh, God, look at that team. They've already gotten um, that percent, and they had the rest of the team um, still to come. So they play that psychological event by sometimes putting the most strongest rider first so that um, it, it, it intimidates the other riders when into believing that the rest of the team is even stronger still or vice versa and stuff. So you have to educate the chefs that they have to strategize and um, present to the show office the list of their riders in the order that they plan to have them perform. We then go and do the draws. In other words, we put um, numbers in a hat and the teams in a hat, and then we pull them out and say, okay, um, region one will pull the seventh rotation. And so then you put region one, count down every seven, put their name in there. And you keep doing it until all the rotations are done by teams. Then you open the envelope and then slot in the writer's names, and that's how you do it. Now, in the event that a, t uh, a team can still take place all the teams usually have four riders, but in the event that the team only has three, their first rider is a blank. And so you still slot them in, and then after the, everything is done, you then just move everybody up to fill in that blank. So that's um, one of the big differences in this show than other shows. Plus, we have secure stabling. And what secure stabling means, only people with credentials can get in that. And you not, not and you're only limited to a certain number of credentials per horse, and so if you want Great Aunt Matilda to come and she, you've already used up your credentials, <laughs> she can only look at you through the fence. She can't come in. So Lloyd, you've been managing young riders for a, a many years. Um, so what is your favorite part about young riders? You know, it's really fun to see some of the kids that have gone through the program yourself for one of them and then see them grow up to be professionals and you know I still carry a lot of um, I've got the dirt on Reese type of <laughs> 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 I'd like He's to hear it. do you want to bring that yeah. up now or later or? Uh, well I, I won't disclose anything because I'm sure Reese will buy me dinner to keep me shut up yeah yeah yes, yeah, yeah. I've heard about he those knows, yes. he I know the good places in town <laughs> yes Oh, I know. That's in it. And I enjoy coming to Lexington. Lexington is always kind of fun. I um, have a lot of fun, fond memories of doing the WEG there and the, many, the several times I've done Young Riders there. Young Riders gave me the opportunity to use the new facility before the games, so I got to do a test event plus Young Riders. So I got to test out the facility twice before the game, so I was felt a lot more prepared than a lot of people that were running some of the dif uh, disciplines there, only because I knew um, who to go to to ask questions and, you know, what was needed to make it work uh, at that facility. So how long have you been doing this, Floyd? And uh, um, have, there, have there been changes, you know, in, in the history of you doing this, or will there be changes to... Uh, it always depends on what you plan to do. Um, because um, I kind of like new challenges, so I'm always given things. I've done the Pan Am, I've secretary of the Pan Am Games. 
And uh, this last year down in Florida, um, I did one of our first um, CDI team events, the first time it ever took place in this country. But because it was an Olympic qualifying year, we chose to run it differently than most team events take place, only because uh, we didn't want to run our Olympic courses, potential Olympic courses, off their feet. So we made this team event with the blessings of the FEI, who had to give me a waiver, uh, as a small tour event. Last year was the Pan Ams, which was a small tour. And small tour is horses up to the pre-St. George level, whereas the Olympic courses at the Grand Prix. So we did the team event, and we had uh, Latin teams, we had some European teams and everything, but we did it at the pre-St. George level. And our um, way of placing the teams, and most of the times they do it off the team test, or in this case the pre-St. George, we petitioned the FEI to make the pre-St. George the qualifier for the freestyle. And then the teams are placed out of the freestyle, which was uh, much more exciting. And in my mind, the way to run a team event, because you give the medals at the culmination of the show, and which is usually the freestyle. And it went over really well. So next year, we're going to step it up, make something different again. The team competition will run again. But this year, we're going to do it with um, two small tour horses and two large tour horses on each team. And then the, fa- the third year, we'll go strictly to the Grand Prix horses. And that'll give us our rotation getting ready um, for the next Olympics. And what's important about having this team event in this country, since we've never had one, is we can use it to qualify for births in the Olympics. Before, we had to always uh, send our horses to Europe, to Aachen or things like that, to qualify for the spot for the Olympics. The, um, every country has to qualify for a spot at the Olympics. If they they're not just not granted one just because they say they want a spot. They have to qualify to get there. And so this will give us an opportunity without the huge expenditure of sending a team to Europe. And, and Lloyd, it's different, too, with young riders since, you know, I did it a couple of years ago. Uh, every different competition is medaled. Is that correct? And there's no overall medalist? That, that, How does that work? Correct. That's Correct, and but um, you know the first, we will this year have some individuals uh, competing in the competition. Uh, we'll have um, some uh, riders from Colombia coming and everything. And since the title is North American Young Riders, it's a competition for the North American and not the South American. But we do invite these individuals. They won't be eligible for medals, but they still want to come and compete in a more high-pressure type situation, so they want to challenge themselves. They probably have aspirations in a few years to represent their country in international events, and they want to slowly start getting used to handling it. So, um, And also, every year it changes, too, based on what the FEI, which is the Federation Equestrian International, the governing body of, of what they decide. Like, currently... We used to have four team members on our Olympic teams. They've gone down to three. And, you know, it just depends on what it is. And 
Um, this year at the Olympics, it's the score of the Grand Prix and the Olympic Grand Prix special. So our qualifying system this year was based on that. This year at the Olympics, it'll be over two scores, which in um, the future events, it might be the young riders will have to do both the team and the individual to place their teams. So it changes based on what the rules and the FEI dressage committee uh, comes up with to help um, uh, promote the sport. That makes sense. I've, I've wondered why that changed, and that, that's, that was a great answer. Thanks so much for yeah, telling it, us. It, it, it all depends on what um, they see globally is needed to promote the sport. Um, you know, with the, some countries, the developing countries, um, they make lesser requirements for them just to encourage them and stuff. And that's why they were willing to give me a waiver for the team competition because it helped encourage the Latin countries to come because they don't have a lot of Grand Prix horses, but it gets them encouraged to step up to the plate and get their horses further along. So everything is based on, uh, you know, what is happening globally and how they can keep the, uh, promote the sport. Well, thank you, Lloyd, so much for kind of explaining all that to us. I think that's a mystery even to, to FEI riders at times, how it works with the FEI. And uh, thanks for coming on the show, and I look forward to seeing you next week at Young Riders. And uh, I think I owe you a dinner for not spilling my uh, my old secrets. Oh, no problem and stuff like that. Um, I'll get a dinner from you every year. And now we're going to speak with my young rider going to the championships, uh, Cassandra Hummert-Johnson. I'd like to welcome Cassandra Hummert to the Dressage Radio Show. She is a business finance major at the University of Kentucky, uh, and she has made the junior young rider team for Region 2 and is competing at the next week's Young Rider Championships. Cassie, welcome to the show. Hi, everyone. Thank you for having me. Tell us about your horse, Plato. Well, Plato is a 15-year-old Dutch warm blood gelding. We purchased him this January of this year. So I've only been with Plato for uh, seven months. And he's a really cool horse. He um, is trained to the Grand Prix. And I rode him and found that he was an excellent partner for me for the young riders. And I really learned a lot with him. And we love having him in the barn. And I'm really happy that He's the horse that I found, and he's been super for me. That's that's wonderful. Tell us a little bit about what it's been like balancing some school and uh, high-performance riding. How have you made that possible, and what kind of challenges have there been? It's definitely something that I had to adjust to. At home, when I was in high school, I was also riding, but it's just a different atmosphere being at home. When I moved to Kentucky and lived in an apartment and had Plato, who I rode six days a week, um, it really was a challenge to to balance that. But riding also was definitely a good thing to keep me sane. And I I kept that in mind when I was making my schedule um, for school as well. Um, This semester, I knew that I was doing the Young Riders. I knew that it was going to be busy, so my... um, my course load, I made it a little bit lighter than last semester so that I could handle it. But really, it was a good balance. Reese 
um, was very accommodating. I was able to ride in the mornings and, you know, just worked out my schedule. So I could get the riding in, I could get my schoolwork in, and everything sort of fell into place. So, Cassie, can you tell our viewers um, uh, and listeners a little bit about uh, what your qualifying season has been like? What have we been doing? Well, we have been going in, uh, since April, actually. Um, actually, we did some scoring shows before that. So, as far as the actual qualifying season and the uh, selection trials, we did a very short season. I only went to three horse shows, and it worked out great for me. Um, I, we went to the Majestic Farm horse show the first weekend of uh, May, and it was not a CDI. It was a regular horse show, and that was our first one, and then we got a weekend off. And then we went to the Majestic Farm CDI, and then we turned around and went to the Kentucky CDI. So we had quite a busy month. It was May was very busy, but... We all did a good job of, you know, keeping it light and, and not getting burnt out. And um, Plato was super. He handled it like a like a star. So it's just a very busy month of, you know, three selection trials within four weeks. Now, I understand last year you showed juniors and this year you're showing young riders. What was that transition like? How, how difficult was it to make that step up? Well, the juniors is definitely very different, but the high performance aspect of it is still sort of the same. So riding the young riders, I feel, is really a real step in the high performance, whereas juniors being at third level, it's a little bit less like that. Um, last year I went to Gladstone but didn't make the junior team, and this year made the young rider team. So it's interesting. I've now been or now I will be able to say that I've been to both, but the juniors it was this is different. I I love being here in Kentucky. It's really helped me learn what high performance riding means. Last year I didn't feel that as much. This year I feel like Plato and I are serious contenders. We have learned what it means to be a serious rider and and really put in that effort and. That's really cool. It's a really cool thing. It's just been a step up in the um, in the high performance department. I feel like now we're serious. This is real, and that's really cool to feel. Yeah, you, you've done a really good job, kind of adapting to what it means—the difference between the two. So, Cassie, um, tell everybody a little bit about what we've been doing this week, kind of leading up to uh, when we head over to the horse park on Monday. Well, this week has been super important. It's the last week I have at home. And the way we handled it was sitting down on Monday um, before I rode in the morning and writing down a schedule, writing down a schedule for every day of the week and what we're going to do and what our plan was. And obviously things get adjusted, but we um, Monday – we worked on stretching and typical Monday kind of work. And then since then, we've worked on a test a day. We've focused on one test each day and the inner workings of that test and really trying to focus on, you know, that shoulder in an individual. How are we going to tackle that? Or the pirouette, my freestyle is a little bit tricky, so how are we going to tackle that? But we're 
story throughout those three days, some elements have been the same, make the neck longer. So it's been, it's very good to have a plan like that. We've stuck to it. Plato's going, he's improving each day this week, which is great. And we'll continue with our plan. We have three or four more days. So it's, um, it's down to the wire, but we're not changing anything drastically. We're just condensing it and getting right to the point. And that, I think, works best for Plato and I. And how are you feeling about the heat? You know, if it stays as hot as it's been, are you guys going to be able to, uh, to compete at your best? You know, what's your plan for that, that situation? Um, Plato's great. I think we've ridden through all the 110 days. We've dealt with the heat. Um, I don't actually mind it as much as I thought I would. I'm from Ohio. It's very, it's humid in Ohio, and I don't think it's as humid in Kentucky. So that helps a little bit, but it's still tough. Anytime it's in the 100 degrees, it's tough to ride, but, um, you know, we can handle it. We have an advantage here because we live here, and we've dealt with this weather, and we've dealt with these conditions, and hopefully whatever happens at the horse park, rain or shine, we'll be able to handle it because we've been through it. And I trust that Plato and I will will be able to suck it up, and even if it's hot out, he's a performance horse. He knows his job, and he's really good at going in the ring and really giving it his all. So, Cassandra, what are you most looking forward to next week? I think it'll be so fun to meet people that I've never met before. I've only heard their names that are on my team. Um, it's it's a cool thing, the young riders, because of the camaraderie and the, the team aspect to it. I've never done something like that. And there aren't many competitions that exist like that. It's a really cool opportunity. And I've heard stories about the young riders and how fun it is and how each day is something different. And I'm really looking forward to that, too. I think it'll be a lot of fun. But in addition to that, there's a lot of good horses at the young riders um, this year, especially there's a lot of top quality, nice horses and lovely riders. I think it'll be very educational to sit and watch them. I, you know, get to watch the upcoming team riders and professionals in the United States as a young rider doing their tests. And I think that is really cool. I'm really looking forward to it because it will be very educational and just really awesome to see. And what are your plans beyond the uh, championships? What are you going to do after that's all done and wrapped up? Are you going to take a break and then back to showing or, or what's, what's on the schedule? Well, our plan for the rest of the year is a, little break yeah after the young riders i'm sure it will be nice for everyone um it's been a very busy season and we've all worked very hard but after that we have qualified for the um regional championships which is conveniently located located in our backyard so that's great we'll be going to the horse park again in october and we'll probably hit a horse show or two before that just to get tuned up um, we're going to plan on going to Florida and hopefully with Plato, I can, I would like to start riding the Brentina cup in Florida next year and seeing if that might be the next stage of, of competition that we take on is, is 
doing the Grand Prix work. So we'll see what happens. It's it's a long ways away right now to me. <laughs> I'm very focused on this next week, but that's the tentative plan for us. Well, Cassandra, thanks so much for coming on tonight. And uh, I'm looking forward to our week next week and going back and cheering on Region 2. And I wish you all the best luck next week. Thank you, Reese. Thank you very much. And thank you for having me on the show. It was a lot of fun. Well, Philip, I really enjoyed hearing um, from all our guests today about uh, different sides of young riders that they are uh, taking part in. And I'm so proud of Cassandra. I'm like a proud mommy on how well she did. Um, but I also uh, wanted to remind everybody that Friday, July 27th, is the opening ceremonies for the Olympic Games. Uh, I know we're all going to be cheering uh, our home countries on and all the athletes. And then the dressage team event starts on August 2nd. Yeah, I think the whole schedule is out. So if anybody wants to check that out, they should do that online. And, uh, and make sure you're watching when it all happens because I think it's going to be really exciting. I think so, too. I think we'll be hearing more and more stories. Uh, But I hope everyone has a great week. And uh, always remember, you can find our show notes and links to today's guest on our website at dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook. Just search Dressage Radio Show. You can follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com. And my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. You can find me at philipparksequestrian.com and my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors, Equestrian Collections and Fleeceworks. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network on horseradionetwork.com. And don't forget to put your heels down and your shoulders back. 